For our sermon text this morning, please open or turn on your Bibles uh, to the book of 1 John, chapter 4. 1 John, chapter 4. If you're using the Pubac Bibles in front of you, you can find that on page 1023. 1 John, chapter 4, starting at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. This, praise God, is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Pastor Orion. I'm one of the pastors here at King's Cross. I just want to welcome you guys this morning to uh, our Christmas Eve service. I keep thinking it's evening because it's, it's like kind of dark in here and it, it feels that way, but it is morning. So good morning to you. I want to first like welcome family members of people just visiting um, from out of town or you just came with some family today. I just want to welcome you guys and, and say that we're really glad that you're here and you're just wondering if we're going to do anything weird. And I, I don't think so. Um, I won't take the mystery out of it completely, but uh, we don't plan on anything. You're safe uh, here this morning. Um, I also want to just welcome kids this morning. I know there's a lot of kids in the room that are normally in King's Kids. And so guys, I'm happy that you're here. Like I know sometimes like when you're supposed to be quiet, like you forget. And then like, every, it seems like when mom and dad tell you to be still that like, that makes it harder to be still. So I just want you to know, Hey, we love you and we want you to be here. And, um, and I'm going to talk about God's love this morning and use lots of words, but, um, I want you to just know, like the thing that you can like grab onto is we're talking about how you can feel God's love like how you can feel God's love and how you can love others. And so that's all we're, we're talking about uh, this morning. And so um, finally, just King's Cross family, or like if you're visiting and thinking of becoming family, um, welcome. Like we, we love Advent and we love um, to, to stop and take a minute to hear the story of the first Advent together. And um, that's special. And we know that like not all things about the holidays are warm and fuzzy and there can be difficult things. And so um, I've just been praying this week that like God would allow you to um, take a deep breath and that like that, that refreshment in the gospel this morning would be exactly what you need and that God would meet you there. So um, welcome every one of you. Advent is a special time of year for us, and so we pause from whatever sermon series we're in, and we, we jump into Advent, and we, we talk about themes like hope and peace and joy and faith that you, that you even heard as we re rehearsed the story of the gospel this morning, and, and, and today we're talking about love. 
We're talking about that. And so I have a short message out of 1 John 4 here, and it's about how we can experience God's love. And um, listen, there are dozens and dozens of passages in Scripture that talk about the love of God or love in general. Like, there are just so many passages that you can turn to that are about love, right? Like so many of them. Um, the reason that, that, I, that I chose John, uh, 1 John 4 is because in 1 John 4, it gives us a three-dimensional view of love. And I think that's really needed and important for us. Um, when I was five years old, uh, this is one of the Christmases that I remember the most, I got my first bicycle. Uh, my first big kid bicycle. We may have the little ones or whatever, but like my first big kid bicycle, um, I got that, and it, maybe I was a little early, um, five years old for a full-size bicycle, but I had three older brothers, and they've been waiting for a while, and so all four of us got the same, the same bike, and uh, I remember the next day opening the boxes and putting them together, because uh, you had to do that at one point. You don't just get to pull it off the rack and take it home. Uh, so we put it together, and it was quite the experience. Four boys five years old, six years old, seven year old, and we're putting it together. And my, my dad made us take every part and, and put it together. And it was completely in pieces, not sections, like completely in pieces. And I, that was a chore to assemble those bikes. And um, there was a lot of blood and sweat and probably a lot of tears that were spilt in the process. But it was moments like that um, that I realized I really love to build things. I love to construct things. I love to put things together. I love to make stuff. I love to do that. And whether you're putting together furniture or a bicycle um, or anything else, you, you need instructions and like you need to master one very important concept and that's the concept of dimensions. So if you make furniture or birdhouses or human houses, you have to master the idea of dimensions, depth, height, width, length. You have to, that concept of dimensions, that relationship between those things is what three dimensions is about. And that's what we're going to get today. Um, we're going to, the same thing is true about love for us today. And, and if you want to experience true, pure love, the real kind of love, you have to know love's dimensions. And that's what we're going to see in this passage as it teaches us about those dimensions and what human beings need so badly. Let's hear those dimensions real fast. One, to know God is love. Two, to see that God's love is manifest in Christ. And to experience God's love being perfected in us by loving others. Those are the three dimensions. Let's pray and then we'll jump in. Father in heaven, this is a special day. This is a, this is a day, um, a holy Sunday, a day that we remember and celebrate the first advent where we remember who you are, what you've done, and so, God, we, we ask that you, like, grant us gifts in this space this morning. Grant us the gift of, 
um, experiencing the heavenly giver. Like corporately today, God, we ask that you would give gifts to these people, not in some sort of average or even subtle way, Lord, I ask that you would give as you're predisposed to do to your creation. Give this people grace, the favor from God that's not deserved. Give this people hope, the ability to trust even when our chips are down. Give this people joy, an internal uh, combustible happiness that just invades our lives. Lord, give, give this people faith, a settled confidence in you that leads us to do something. And finally, we pray, God, that you would give, give this people love because you are love and we need it right from the source this morning. Lord, help me to share what pleases you, and may we all receive your word with delight. And all God's people said, amen. First John 4, like the first thing that I, I see in this passage is, is behold, let us love one another. And so it's like, that, that's how it begins with us loving one another. That's how we're going we're gonna to start it. It's interesting, though, if you jump down to verse 11, it also says the same thing. We also ought to love one another. And so this passage, this three-dimensional view is bookended with the idea that, that love is something that, that flows out, outward. And it's, it's sort of surprising in a way. I just want to bring some attention to that because it's important if we're going to talk about love today that, that, that experiencing love is not just about how I can feel. Right? Like it's not just, and that's how we experience, how do I feel? Do I feel loved? Do I, I need to be loved? Like that's the, that's sort of when we talk about love, it, 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 we begin at that place. It's interesting that God doesn't begin there and that like he books and he bookends the idea with love as like us loving others. And it, it, our greatest need is to be loved. And God's like, Hey, you have another need that you're unaware of. Um, but you can't have one without the other. And so I just want to sort of point that out and take quick note that God's love is different. It's different than our base operating, like, understanding and starting place. Like, I just, I just want you to see that before we get into this first dimension of God's love. It says in 1 John 4, 7, for love is from God, and whoever Loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does, does not love does not know God because God is love. So, so John just wants you to know, like right out of the gate, if we're going to say anything about love, is that God is love. And he makes five, like, statements about God's nature, that his nature is love. That's, that's, that's who he is. And, and here are the five statements if you missed them. One, love's from God. I just need you to think about, like, the source of love. Where does it come from? Is it in the ether? Like, is it in the air? Does it, does it come from, like, true places inside you? And John's saying, like, love is from God. And then he says, whoever loves has been born of God. 
So there's this type of love that he's saying that's pure and true, is real. Like that's like people who've been born of God have this love, and whoever loves knows God. Like these are these are pretty hard statements about love. But if I don't know God, what does that mean? That's a question that you immediately have to answer. Number four, anyone who does not love doesn't know God. A very hard statement. And then five, God is love. God is love. Five statements about love that like if you don't know God or if you're thinking in your mind about love, you're like, man, this is hard. Now, I just want you to think about the world and how the world thinks about love. The the world's full of songs and poetry and books and philosophies and religions and, um, and all these things that are trying to grasp at what love is. Just think of how much time and effort and fortunes that humans have spent to conceptualize the idea of love and experience it more and more. And all of that, according to John, is grasping at the idea of love. Humanity has pursued love culturally, harnessing like the best of art and the best of thought. Wars have been fought over it. Amazing innovations, diseases have been cured over the pursuit and the expression of love. It matters to us. And John says, we've not fully grasped, even though all of that, we've not fully grasped the idea of love without God. It's a tremendous statement by the apostle John, the one in which Jesus loved. And he tells us about that love. If you search the canon of Western literature, all of culture, you will find unending tomes about love. And John says, you make it too complicated. God is love. God is love. If you want to experience real love, to know it, to possess it, John tells us God is love. He is the source of love. All other loves are fantasy dreams about God's love. But did my grandma, who didn't have faith, did she love me? Are you saying she didn't love me? No. We're not saying that. The apostle John, inspired by God, is saying that your grandma loved you by God giving her love to love you. That there's something called common grace that that God created his creation, loves his creation, and he gives good gifts to his creation. So love's experienced all around the world in very real ways. But, But if you leave here without knowing one thing, And that thing is that the source of all the love that you've received in this world is God. It's God himself. He is the source because he loves us and he gives to us. And even though we like mess it up constantly, 
I'm saying that like if you want to love your grandkids with the truest, fullest kind of love, then, then you need to know God. You need to know his love, that love is from God. That, that, that without knowing God and knowing these dimensions of God's love, that there's always sort of going to be a limit. There's going to be a ceiling apart from knowing the God of love and knowing how God has loved you in the most real way, which he goes on to talk about in the next part of the passage in verse 9. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. God's love is manifest in Christ to us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So God's love was made manifest. And all that really means, this idea is that God was sharing his love with creation, that he created us and everything in the world. And, and, and we, of course, messed that up. Sin entered the world and it broke everything in the world. It broke systems and it broke the physical world and it, it's corrupting and it's decaying. It's falling apart in front of us and it broke relationships and it broke the way that we're able to love one another and relate to one another. And sin entered that creation, broke it in every way. And that's where all the pain comes from. That's where all the pain, that's where all the loneliness in the world comes from, comes from that sin entering the world. And we've all participated in that. We've all participated, stand guilty. And even though that is true, even though humanity has turned on God's love, he has not stopped loving us. He has not. It says, not that we have loved God, which I think is amazing because the reason this is so important when it comes to love, to our love, to our definitions of love or what love is about, it starts with we've not loved him. Like the love that I'm looking for is not coming from me figuring it out. Like, like we've not loved him. He decides what love is. Like I don't have love for God even apart from him giving it to me. We've not loved God. So when it comes to love, we're not the dimension of that love. In fact, we get excluded from that dimension, don't we? Like in the passage, we're sort of excluded. You're not part of that dimension of how God defines love because he is love. And his, the manifest way in which he loves us is his going public with that love. To, to send Jesus... To, to show the world his love so that we could be saved, that we could, we could be freed from that rebellion. When it comes to love, we're not a dimension of that love. We are benefactors of God's love. When I die, I don't want it on my tombstone that here lies a man who loved God. 
Instead, it should say, here is a lying man who loved God, or who God loved. Like that's, that's what this means, that the essence of who I am is, is the benefactor of that reality. Nowhere in scripture does it say, trust your heart, love comes from your deep thoughts or your good vibes. No, because of sin, the heart of all humanity is deceitfully evil. And it takes someone who is love to awaken us again. So we've sinned like all the world and we find our love lacking, but God loved us still. Where we, where sin was happening, God happened all the more. His love didn't find a way, it made a way through Christ. John says the manifest love of God, if you think of it this way, God's best going public with his love, the, the way in which he manifests, made, pushed out his love publicly to the world is through sending his son. And sending his son, it says we can live loved by God. We can live loved, and every one of us needs this. If you don't think you need this, you're wrong. Every one of us needs this deeply, to live loved by God. He loved us, John says. John says, so that we might live through him. We can live through God. Like our lives can be lived through him and through his love. That's possible that you could have a life that's marked by love. Did you know that? And then he says, the propitiation for our sins. We can live forgiven. We can live without shame. We can live without condemnation in this life. We can be free of those things, free to, to not have to always be making room for and, and, and manipulating and trying to get other people to love us, but to, be, to live loved by God, to be truly forgiven and accepted to the core of your being. Wouldn't it be great to have that reality so manifest and real in your life that you did not care? That you did not care what others thought about you and always pursuing and trying to get people to love you and like you, but to just be rooted in his love. Now, I don't know about you, but like I find most of my troubles in life in those things. I, I find most of my troubles in life and with love have been that I haven't felt loved. Or I haven't um, felt lovable, right? Like because of Christ's work, I've not felt that, that, that I was lovable. Like why would somebody love me? And I haven't lived with love in my heart. Like most of my troubles in life come from those things. And, and, and John's answering those things in the manifest love of God that Jesus lived that perfect life and that, that he died the death to free me and that he ascended, resurrected on high to send his spirit into me, the spirit of God. And, and so we should celebrate the advent 
for, for hope, for peace, for faith, for all those things. But we should celebrate this morning because we're loved by God. That you put your faith in that work that Jesus did on the cross. You believe that, that he died for you. You confess your sins. You, that God's love shines on you in a way that totally interrupts your whole reality and changes your identity. And you become a new person. And the third dimension and the final dimension we see in verse 11 again, beloved, if God, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So John gets back around to this idea of outworking love. And, and, and he's not um, just saying like, you can know and you can experience God's love here. He's also just saying like that love, it doesn't terminate once that question's answered. Am I loved? Because in Christ, the answer is absolutely your love. But John's like that doesn't love of the God's love never terminates on us as the end point. It's always passing through. It's, it, it, it's always moving. And he's saying, listen, he attaches the idea of seeing God like no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us as to say that like, hey, this is how you know. This is how you know that, that God's love's in you, that you love others. Like that's the greatest evidence and it's the way in which people see God, is that they see the love in you. As to say that the evidence of God's love is when unloving humans love unlovable humans. Like that's, that's what he's saying is that the evidence, if you need evidence that God is real, then you look back through the ages at God's people and you will see people who were unloving humans who began to love unlovable humans. The, the, the history, the annals of history are marked by this activity over and over again. And John is, John is saying that God's love, it's perfected in us when we receive the love of God and we love to live with that love. We love to, to turn and live with that love. Unfortunately, we all too often receive God's perfect love we receive his perfect love. He puts away our sins. He, he renews us. He cleanses us. And he, he calls us his own. He puts his robes on us. And he loves us with his perfect love. And all too often, we turn to others and give them worldly and worn out love. That's a convicting idea as you think about this passage. I will love you the way I think you loved me type of love. Instead of loving with God's love, what would it look like if God's love is what everyone in your life loved you with? Just imagine that. What would it look like, family, if you loved everyone in your life with God's love? Not with your withholding, measuring type of love, like with God's love, we'd change the world. That's what we would do. We would change 
the world. And it would all happen because Jesus came in the first advent, the first coming, to give us that love. John says at the end, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I love that word perfected. It feels maybe a little unachievable, but the thought is that it's perfectly completed, not that, that, that you'll forever be without error if you say amen and leave here. Like, it's saying that, that, that God's love has a design to it. It has dimensions to it that he's designed, and it's completed in this part when we love others, when we leave the place of self to, to move and to love others. God's design for love, it has depth. He's the depth. He's, he's the, the deepest part of love. It's, it has depth. It has width. He's come to save the elect, those who see themselves as sinners and put their faith in Jesus. Like it, it has that circumference. It's, his love has length in the sense that he has called you to be ambassadors and he has sent us to be light and life and love to the world so that the world can experience God's love. We're set apart to go. We're set apart so that the world can experience God's love. I just, if you believe in Jesus today, like I want you to feel the calling as we get up and as we leave this place this morning. Like I wonder sometimes that we pray to be filled with God's spirit to like make us, like sustain us and keep us going. And we need that. There's nothing wrong with that. Or maybe we pray for God's spirit to animate our gifts so that we could like succeed and do things well. But like, I think we need to pray that, the, that, that God would fill us with his spirit so that we could love. Like we just, our base operating for like stances that like I have this some pure love in here and I'll give it out as I can. Like maybe we need to pray that the God's spirit would fill us to the point that we overflow with God's love. And you could actually practice that. I wonder if you could take time this week, maybe even tonight or tomorrow, where you would take some steps to reflect on these three dimensions, that God's love, like all love comes from him, so you don't have to like whoop that up. You just, you just need to pull it from him. Right? Like, you don't have to, like, create that love. You don't have to go find that love. Right? Like, you don't even, like, you don't even have to be all right. Like, God is love. If he's the source, then ask him for it. He loves to give good gifts. What would it look like for you to reflect on this idea and that you believe that, 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 that God wants more love, more of his love in your life? And you asked, hey, how do I love others? How do I go and love others? Because the more we see who God is, what he's done and he has called us to do, the more that we will experience love in our life, true love, the kind that has no limits and no ceiling. We'll experience God's true love manifest in Christ for us. Would you stand with me? Father, I... I, I, I pray this morning that as we um, continue to worship and we look at um, we look at ourselves as we as we think and 
process the gospel, that you gave your life, to, to not just like show us that you are love, but to manifest that love to us so that we could be brand new people. Lord, would you cause a deep revelation that would move us, that would make us take steps, God, in our life, that we would be convicted, God, of the ways in which we've tried this worldly type of love. Lord, we let you define what love is by your word and that we love others accordingly. So would you do that for us in the name of Jesus? Amen.